Uh, we're going to have our, our Bible reading now. You can find the Bible just in the seats uh, in front of you. Uh, it's going to be from a book called To Timothy, uh, which is on page 1195 of your church Bibles. Now, this is a letter written by a man called Paul about 30 years after Jesus died. Uh, so it's a man looking back upon the life of Jesus uh, and writing a letter uh, to his uh, son in the faith, uh, explaining about the hope he has uh, in Jesus. And I'll hand it to Lizzie, who's going to read for us now. Um, so yeah, 2 Timothy, we're in the first chapter and starting at verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Thank you, Lizzie, very much. Let's pray together. Father, so I pray that you would speak to us through the Bible now, for your name's sake. Amen. Um, yes, I, I guess you're familiar with the What Three Words app. It's, uh, the idea of this is that there are, there are three words, and uh, those three words will tell you your location anywhere on earth and do it really accurately. So, for instance, standing here, what three words, if you put in saying, desire, and shunts, they would give you my location here. If, however, you put in uh, uh, fired, yarn, and sides they would give you my location here. And uh, if I go on to the other side and you put in uh, the three words sunset, manual, and hops, they would give you my location here. And uh, that's fine. It works really well. It's great. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's kind of handy if you've actually got a signal on your mobile, though, if you're in deepest Hampshire, you're trying to find a wedding reception, as we were by what three words earlier on this summer. We got there in the end. I think we were possibly the last to arrive, but we got there in the end. But it's good fun. It's a great little app. Now, what three words would you use for Christmas? 
What three words would you use for Christmas? Well, we've got a slightly unusual kind of Bible reading about Christmas here, haven't we? Uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 1. It's page uh, 1195, if you want to uh, have that open. And uh, my what three words for Christmas are these three. And you can say them at anywhere, particular location, uh, anywhere. Okay? And uh, this is all going in very strange order. Anyway, there we go. Um, but my three words are this. They are these words. Saviour, destroyed, and revealed. Saviour, destroyed, and revealed. And we're going to look just at verses 9 and 10 of our reading, uh, especially the end of verse 9, and where it says, This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought light and immortality to light through the gospel. So there are three words I want to talk about this evening. First, Savior. Second, destroyed. Third, revealed. And let's look at these in a little bit more detail. First of all, Savior. Savior. And you see, it says at the end of verse 10 there, uh, it talks about the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Now, of course, Christmas is all about a Savior. Names mean things, don't they? Jesus, the very name Jesus, means the Lord saves. The angels appeared to the shepherds on that night over Bethlehem. Uh, and they said, today in the town of David, in other words, Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. Um, uh, and, of course, Christmas uh, is the arrival of a Savior. Savior must be one of our three words when you're talking about Christmas. But if you think a little bit more about a saviour, you might be thinking, really? Who needs a saviour? I mean, I've got all the cover I need. You know, if the car breaks down, I've got a cover I need with the AA, the RAC, green flag, whoever it is. If uh, the house is burgled, I've got all the cover I need with the house insurance. Um, if I'm ill, I've got all the cover I need with the NHS and possibly some uh, private medical stuff. If the house is on fire, I've got all the cover I need with 999 and the fire brigade and so on. But there's some things you can't get that human cover you need at all. I mean, for instance, no matter how uh, uh, brilliant our doctors are, and they are, um, medical science can't solve everything. Hospitals do have mortuaries as well, don't they? And uh, when we're dealing with our, our greatest and most serious need, there is actually no help whatsoever from human agencies. They can't give you the cover you need for our greatest need. And our greatest need is our separation from God. And that is uh, a separation which is spiritual and physical and in the end could be eternal. But the Bible tells us there is help. There is a savior who deals with our greatest need. And he was born at Christmas time and his name is Jesus. And his names tell us that he's what he's come to do. That he came to sort out our spiritual, our physical and our eternal separation from God. And how did he do that? I guess you may know the film, The Bridge on the River Kwai. It tells a, a story about a Japanese, well, it's really a labor camp using prisoners of war to uh, help build the Burma Railway and the bridge over the River Kwai. Um, but within that historical event, there were lots and lots of other stories as well, like this one. Um, after one day's work, 
One of the uh, uh, guards checks the shovels as the men, the the prisoners, are on parade. And uh, he finds that one of them is missing. And so he insists that one of the British prisoners has stolen it to sell to the Thais. And he's in a furious rage about this. And he demands the guilty one should step forward and take his punishment. And no one moves. They just stand there. And then this, this, the Japanese guard just absolutely loses it. And he shrieks, all die! All die! And then, at that moment, uh, a soldier, an Argyle soldier, steps forward, stands to attention, and he says calmly, I did it. And immediately the Japanese guards come and club him to death and they leave him on the parade ground there and then later on when the tools are counted again at the guardhouse they find there's been some mistake and there was no shovel missing in the first place and that soldier was innocent and he voluntarily laid down his life so that his comrades might live the bible tells us that Jesus is our saviour who gave his life for many as well for us so that we need not die because of our separation from God and that is all God's doing and not ours we can never earn our place in heaven how could we when God has sorted it out before the universe was created before time existed So if you have a glance at at verse 9 there, towards the end of verse 9, it says this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Millions of years before you and I were even thought of. It's also translated in other versions of the Bible, before the world began or before time began or from all eternity. And it's called grace here. God's riches for you. Someone said, grace is love that cares and stoops and rescues. And that's exactly what we celebrate at Christmas, that God is caring and stooping and rescuing as he sent his only son to Bethlehem's manger and then to a cross outside Jerusalem. And there's so much more we could say about this. Um, There's so much more to find out. But we uh, uh, we have something in January, starting on the 6th of January, called Hope Explore. It's just a three-week little course. Um, and if you'd like to uh, uh, have a little bit more of a taster, then uh, do uh, go on our website, find out more about that, and sign up for that. Um, uh, so it's called Hope Explored. It starts on the 6th of January. Or just keep on coming to church. You'll find out more over this Christmas time as well. So what three words for Christmas? The first one is Saviour. That's what Christmas is about, a saviour. The second of the three words for Christmas is destroyed. Saviour, destroyed. So what was destroyed at Christmas time? Well, it wasn't just at Christmas time, but in Jesus' coming, he destroyed death. Now, if you want to have one, a one-word summary, if you like, of uh, uh, our human situation, um, it's this, that because of human wrongdoing against God, it results in death. And, and, uh, uh, and we, I talked about that just briefly earlier on, because the Bible refers to death in three ways. 
spiritual, physical, and eternal. Spiritual death, when we're separated from God. Physical death, when we're separated from life here. That's the way we'd normally think about death. And eternal death, when you put the first two together. When you're living a life separated from God's. And then you die. And uh, uh, there was a guy called uh, J.C. Ryle, a bishop in Victorian times, and he said this, Death is a mighty leveler. He spares none, he waits for none, and he stands on no ceremony. He will not wait till you're ready. He will not be kept out by moats and doors and bars and bolts. Death is an ugly reality of our existence. And I'm sorry to be talking about that at Christmas time, but actually this is good news for us because Jesus has destroyed death. And I can hear you thinking, well, yeah, right, okay. I went to my friend's funeral last week. 2021 was the year when I lost my mum or my brother. Of course, Jesus hasn't destroyed death. That's a nonsense. But the word destroyed doesn't mean removed or annihilated. It actually means made ineffective or made powerless or nullified. Like the the venom being taken out of a snake's fangs. Like the sting being taken out of a scorpion's tail. The snake could still bite you. That might hurt. And the scorpion could still sting you, or try to, but you take the sting out. So it doesn't doesn't hurt as much as it would have done. But there's no real harm. So death is still there. But Jesus says if you believe in him, death has changed from a disaster to a doorway. The doorway to glory, to heaven. Um, And we remember... Uh, who's writing this, a man called Paul, who himself would probably die within a couple of weeks or so, executed. He was staring down the barrel. And he writes here with confidence, Christ destroyed death. If you go down the road to Hove Cemetery, there are loads of headstones there which have the words R.I.P. on them, don't they? Rest in peace. Sometimes I think actually it'd be really good idea for Christians to have on their headstones C-A-D. Christ abolished death. Because that is the confidence that Christian people have. Ian Barclay is a member of our church family here. Um, I'm not sure the live stream is working tonight, but if we've got it going and we are doing it, um, uh, then Ian and his wife Hazel will be watching. There's a thumbs up. So Ian and Hazel, hi. Um, it's Ian and Hazel's Ruby, that's 40th wedding anniversary today. Uh, Anna and I pop round. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, Anna and I pop round to see them earlier on today. We took the cake. They provided the champagne, so it's all very nice this afternoon. And uh, um, uh, now, Ian has uh, uh, been um, bedbound for a little while now, and uh, uh, and there, were, there have been times when we thought that uh, Ian was not long for this world and soon for glory. 
and uh, a week or so ago, I, I said to him, is it okay if I tell folks this when, in, a, in the sermon that's coming up? And he said, yes, of course. Um, because once Ian said this to me when I was visiting him, he said, Phil, I really, really, really want to die. It'll be like a hundred Christmas Day mornings rolled into one. And Ian, if you're watching this now, Ian and Hazel, happy wedding anniversary. And Ian and Hazel, happy birthday, happy Christmas for 13 days time. And Ian, when the hundred Christmas Day morning has come, happy Christmas for that day as well from all of us. You see, for a Christian, death holds no horrors any longer. No horrors. 27 years ago, we used to live in Lowestoft in Suffolk. And uh, Anna was driving through Lowestoft, uh, and our son Chris was in the back of the car. He was four. As they drove past St. Margaret's Church, uh, Chris said to Anna, that's Margaret's Church, isn't it? And Anna said, uh, yes, yeah, that's Margaret's church. Chris then said, uh, Margaret's died, hasn't she? And uh, Anna replied, uh, yes, yes, she had quite some time ago now. Chris, has Margaret gone to heaven? Anna replied, yes, probably. She lived a long time ago. We didn't know her, but I guess probably she has gone to heaven, yes. Chris then said, when you die and go to heaven, God carries you to heaven, doesn't he? And they said, yes, that's a nice way of putting it, putting it. Yes, God carries you to heaven. Then there was a pause. And Chris said this. God's got warm hands, hasn't he, mummy? You see, death... Death holds no horrors any longer. I'm, uh, I'm struggling a bit because um, soon after that, we had a guy in Lowestoft who died. He was 36. And um, he's, got, he's got those words of Chris on his tombstone. God's got warm hands. And uh, all because of a baby who was born and laid in a manger and he came to die for us. What three words for Christmas? Savior, destroyed, and third, revealed. Look at verse 10. Verse 10, but has now been revealed, how? Through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. And Jesus didn't just destroy death. He brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, the good news of Jesus being our Savior. Now, when, um, when it says something's been revealed, what it means is it's been there beforehand, And we've seen that God's grace, his plan for salvation, began before time. 
before the universe was created. So Jesus' birth is called an appearing. Now, when you and I were born, we were the result of the wonder of conception, which happened nine months before or thereabouts. So ten, ten months or so before we were born, we didn't exist. Yeah, I know there's freezing of embryos and things like that, but generally speaking, we didn't exist ten months before we were born. That was never the case with Jesus. Never the case with Jesus. He existed in a past eternity, and Bethlehem's manger was his appearing to the world. And he came to destroy death and to bring life and immortality to light through the gospel. And we think in the original language, immortality describes the kind of life that Jesus came to reveal. So it's not just three score years and ten life. It's not uh, just difficult and struggling life that we see now. No. Uh, it's not just the life which is described um, in these seven ages of man. Spills, drills, thrills, bills, ills, pills, and wills. No, it's not that kind of life. No, life with Jesus in it is just different. A guy, One of the guys who uh, lectured me at theological college said this, life is filled with meaning as soon as Jesus Christ enters into it. And Jesus came to give uh, the best life now and an even better life forever after death. And his birth, Christmas, is bringing that life to light. It's a revealing, it's a drawing back of the curtains, it's an appearing. That's the Christian gospel, that Jesus is our saviour, revealed at Christmas, shown to us at Christmas for the first time, who came to to bring life. So what three words for Christmas? Saviour, destroyed, revealed. Saviour, destroyed, revealed. And what to do about it? Well, Jesus didn't come to earth just to give us something interesting to think about at Christmas time. Jesus wants to give us life. And that needs a response from us so that he can be our saviour. So why not this Christmas time, why not reach out to him? Why not ask him uh, to reveal more of himself to you? Why not seek to learn more about this person who destroyed death and revealed life and immortality or the life which is immortality? Why not find out more? There are some, actually some booklets at, uh, at the back. Is Christmas unbelievable? So if you'd like to find out more, just take one of those. They're just free. Just take it away. And uh, perhaps aim to read it as well. So do take one of those as well. And uh, also a reminder, Hope Explored, 6th of January, will be a lovely thing to come on to find out more. Or just simply keep on coming to the services here. Have a great Christmas.